0: Zion Kim. What an impressive millennial. Zion is the co founder and director of marketing of 99 Robots, a New Jersey based web development and digital marketing agency. His business services clients who spend anywhere from $15,000 to over six figures in advertising dollars per month. He's the founder and organizer of All Things Marketing, a meetup group bringing people together every month with a focus on various marketing and sales topics. I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down and speaking with Zion in New York City and learning of his journey and his story to becoming a 20-something-year-old entrepreneur. Take a listen. Welcome to The Peers Project. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, Well, thank you so much for having me here. Of course. Of course.
0: So, you know, you reached out to us when you heard about us through the Next Gen Community here in the States. And the first thing that struck me about you when I read your email, actually, was how involved you are and how uh, in so many things, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're currently you know, leading your own digital agency, um, a tech startup and are the president of an entrepreneurial mindset, um, network. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's, yeah. that's totally correct. And that's, uh, wow. a yeah, network for uh, young entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very intrigued about you and, and knew I had to sit down with you today. So before we get into your work, um, I'm curious to know, where did your ability to you know juggle so many different things and competing priorities come from? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far?
1: Sure. Um, honestly, I would say that it probably started when I was still in school uh, when because uh, I started my first business when I was a full-time student uh, you know at university and you know it was with the understanding that you know, if you try to do a lot of things all at the same time, then you won't necessarily be good at all of them mm-hmm. but it's also uh, you know with that said, on the flip side of it, if you can really narrow down and focus on you know what are the uh, one or two things that in each of the things that you might want to work on that you can really move the needle on, right? And, you know, oftentimes, you know, most people try to kind of focus on too much of the wrong things in a lot of what they're doing, and uh, that's when you start to get really busy, right? Um, and a lot of it also just comes from uh, my my own failures in uh, being that person that has been too busy and looking like... Uh, more like looking like I'm doing work and looking like I'm busy instead, and kind of just being involved in things instead of really coming down to, okay, well, if we're thinking about the goals and the objectives of any one organization and we could really start to distill it down to uh, you, know, what, you know, what can we really do to move the needle. So, you know, while I was a full-time student, uh, I was also the president of my fraternity. Um, and, well, at one point, yeah, you know, I was also the well, running running my one business, and then we opened up a co-working space. for so running that, um, and then we also had the meetup groups. Right, so um, every month we were bringing together uh, you know, essentially 100 to 150 people to you know, with a speaker and you know a panel and for networking and things like that, and then. Um, somewhere in the background, I was part of the teams that were helping to organize like uh, Startup Weekend, Lean Startup Machine, and um, you know TEDx TEDx Rutgers. So, you know, in each of those things, um, when you start to really boil it down, uh, and first off, uh, that was that was disaster because uh, that actually led me to really burning out and really understanding, hey, you know, you can't. Yeah, kill yourself for the sake of trying to do all these things at one time. So uh, also knowing, you know, where your limits are is uh, a pretty significant level of awareness that someone can cultivate. And I think through that time, I also realized, you know, how much energy we actually waste of uh, just kind of living in a reactionary world, right? And, um, and some of that really just comes down to even, um, you know, just your own control over your own emotions. And you know, for example, you know, when someone uh, uh, rubbed me the wrong way, right? I'd, I'd get really angry, right? And if you think about the amount of energy that goes into being angry with someone, um, being upset with someone, um, you know, you start to you know really see how many different pieces of your energy that you're depositing in all those different things. So, if you have a finite amount of energy in any given day, and you kind of think of it as a, a bank account, right? Um, that is going to get spent throughout that day. Then why are you going to choose to invest in those people and empower those negative emotions and feelings when you know they're the ones that are you know quite frankly just taking from you, right? So it's a pretty significant mindset shift for me. Um, and I would say that's probably like the first layer. And then the is just understanding, hey, here are the things that I can control. Here are the things I cannot. And I think I spent too much time and quite a bit of time controlling a lot of the things I couldn't control. And then, um, you know, when you start focusing on the things that you can, then you start to be like, okay, well, these are the things I can control. And then in the arena of the things I can control, what are the things that you actually have to prioritize that are really, you know, really going to make the, you know, move the needle on X, Y, or Z. Mm.
0: Wow. So much to learn from that. So many questions come from that. The first one would be, let's talk a bit more about that first layer you were talking about. So obviously, as you mentioned, you were involved in it. And also when I was researching you, I noticed this, you know, like so many things at such a young age in terms of, you know, running running your own business, being in a fraternity, your business is actually linked to, to um, fraternities and providing um, merchandise, which I'm really interested to get into a bit later. Um, but then obviously, as you said, running that space, that co-working space. So let's just go into that time for a second. So... At that time when you're, I think, you know, I think I've got down here that you're about 20 or 19, um, and you've just got so much on your plate and you know, you've got so much to give. When did that point come to you where you thought, okay, hang on, this is getting too much. And in that moment, how did you decide to tackle it?
1: Sure. Uh, so by that point. So, yeah, by that point when I was describing kind of all the things I was involved in, mm-hmm. I guess the, the peak of when I had too much on my plate was really when I was 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I started getting impatient right with, with life and trying to say, hey, you know, these are all the things I want to do, so let's try to do them all at the same time. And I got to a point where, you know, I was sleeping every other day, and if, if I did get to sleep, then it was four to five hours, mm-hmm. right? Um, And, yeah, there was just a moment where I was just, you know, quite frankly, exhausted. Right? (laughs) Fair Um, enough. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just, uh, you know, kind of just sitting with myself and asking myself the question of, you know, do I even want to do this anymore? Right? And the first business to go was the business focusing on fraternities and sororities. And then the second one I decided to, you know, kind of, um, you know, not focus on or really just do away with was... Actually, my involvement with the coworking space, and that one's a little bit more of a an interesting circumstance because, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think that I was getting tired of I guess like sitting on the sidelines, right? Because the whole idea was to nurture a community and a space for other entrepreneurs. And um, at the time, I was getting you know called upon to start speaking on different panels around the state on, hey, you know, what does New Jersey need in order to really create and cultivate a more vibrant uh, startup ecosystem? And, you know, the only thing I said was, hey, New Jersey just needs really badass entrepreneurs to just, you know, start getting out there and creating and creating great companies because that's the only thing that's going to make or break the difference in whether or not uh, we're you know going to be on the map, you know, so to speak. Right? And, you know, And every day I got to a point, and it reminds me of that Steve Jobs quote where he said, you know, every day I look in the mirror and say, hey, if this was my last day, would I keep doing what I'm doing today? And if that answer was no, too many times in a row, then you know that you have to switch something. And that's very much the point that I got to where I was literally forcing myself out of bed with just sheer willpower and, you know, just kind of telling myself this story of, hey, like, this is the path. And even though I faced uh, quite a bit of resistance to it, um, you know, I said, this is the path. Let me keep going on it. Um, it's like, no, you know, I, I have to keep going, even if even if it was that roller coaster. And, you know, honest, And what happened was I was just sitting one day and I uh, actually found out that a really good friend of mine uh, passed away that I didn't see for um, quite a few years. And he was really one of my uh, biggest inspirations to uh, really start exploring the entrepreneurial path in the first place, right? He was a little bit older than me. Um, He took a gap year off of high school. He was a valedictorian at Valley Forge Military Academy. So he was highest rank officer, super, super sharp, bright guy. And, you know, he used to carry this black notebook around with him, and he just wrote all these different ideas of the different companies you want to start. You know, one day, I, yeah, and I just wanted to peek inside this notebook, right, because I was just so curious. And, you know, some of the ideas were this, like, green taxi uh, kind of, like, company, right? And the idea was that if you start to invest in hybrid and electric vehicles, then you could probably reduce some of the fares. And he's like, yeah, I want to definitely roll this out in Philly. And then he said that he would just go and talk to the uh, taxi Limousine Commission in the city uh, to move those conversations forward. And I was like, whoa, what do you mean? And this is a guy that's you know, at this point just, and this is when I was, uh, I just turned 19, right? So, yeah, he just, you know, this was when uh, I was just like how, you know, he was only two years older than me. So I couldn't uh, process how he could just go and do that. Right? Like, what do you mean you just went and had a conversation with them? And then one of the other ideas was uh, he wants to like build some type of bridge or a pathway to connect like a railway from one point of Maryland to another, because that's where he's from. And he had to have this whole thing sketched out and and the way he spoke about everything was uh, very much like, yeah, this is something that I am working towards. So, you know, and you know, at the time he definitely believed in me blindly, and that's kind of where I started getting to a point where I just started coming up with a bunch of ideas, right? And I think uh, entrepreneurs enter this phase of just crazy ideation, right? Of just like, oh, this sounds amazing, this sounds amazing. And a lot of them, honestly, didn't really add any value. It was just like, this sounds like a good idea, right? And, you know, whenever I told him anything, he's like, yeah, 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 let's, let's definitely work on it. So he's kind of the one that uh, kind of gave me that push and that confidence of, hey, you know, Zion, you're like this 30-year-old dude just stuck in a 19-year-old body. And, you know, so it's really just giving me that push to just start something, right? And, you know, and he's, quite frankly, the, you know, I would say the person that really got me going on that. And then, so the day when I opened up the news and someone you know one of our other friends sent it to us, or the, one of the brothers in the Um and you know it's the obituary right and I remember the last um, I remember the last text message that I received from him, and it was, hey, um, you know I'd love to catch up soon you know I'm really excited for you know what's going on and um, and of course I I'm excited for everything that, you know, for the possibility one day that we're going to work together. You know, I said, yes, of course. And that that never happened. We never actually uh, reconnected on that. So I thought that um, life gave me a, a huge sign uh, just to say, hey, you know, like you're not always going to have your life. Right. So you can't, you, you honestly just can't go on thinking, Hey, maybe one day, uh, I can do this. And I think a lot of people take for granted, uh, what it means to be able to wake up today right? and, um, and have, and to be able to take a breath of air and just to be able to, you know, wake up and at all, let alone wake up in a bed or wake up in your room and, you know, and people say, "Yeah, like a year from now, two years from now, I'm gonna get this going, and you know, I'm just gonna take the time to do this and this." And you know, people are so methodical about planning their um, process on when they're eventually gonna get something going. And you know, and 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 I think that's one of the most um, absurd things that people could really do, which is the assumption that you're gonna get the next day.
0: Wow, that is so powerful wow thank you so much for sharing that that was just that was amazing I I really you know pay tribute to your friend and you know I can only imagine incredible things he's you know done in the, the short time he was here and I yeah I I love what you took away from his life um And so I so thank you for that. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. So then moving on from that point there where you had a completely different outlook and a completely, you know, a drive to just live every day, what changed in your life? And how did you feel about the change as it was happening?
1: So I think that um, a lot of people, when they... Make a decision to change something in their life. Uh, expect it to come very quickly. And I was in a boat where I was completely burnt out, and I didn't have a level of awareness of just where I was at in terms of my relationship with myself at the time. And I tried to get another company. You know, I, I took that. You know, so I took that as a sign. Try to get something else off the ground and. Um, you know, fell into that trap of uh, working on all the wrong things and, you know, never really moving the needle on something. Um, I, yeah, and it just never, you know, really went anywhere. And then, yeah, I remember there were so many days where I could just barely get out of bed, right? And, um, you know, so I went from going from waking up like 5 a.m. every day to, you know, 11 o'clock a.m., 1 o'clock p.m., just like still in bed, just saying, oh, you know, I'll, get out and go do it eventually so it didn't actually it wasn't it was a very uh hard process to uh you know continue down that path but it's just a matter of knowing that you know i wanted to kind of be on that path and then honestly um you know one of the biggest things that kind of gave me that uh i guess like kicking the ass again was you know maverick next right um, because that business essentially failed. Um, and it never, it, it's the one of the only things I worked on where we barely generated like $50,000 in revenue, mm-hmm. right? Maybe, you know, and that's, yeah. And, you yeah, know, at this point, whenever I go do anything, like we'll look we'll at the first six figures to, you know, go go for validation or, um, and that's the thing that I really couldn't get off the ground, right? But, you know, one day I, you know, ran into this group of people and I looked around the room and there's all these entrepreneurs around my age that were just, you know, crushing it. Like they're just doing amazing things in business. Uh, they had these awarenesses around, you know, relationships with their self, around consciousness, uh, around, you know, the, this is the first time I ever heard the term, you know, stepping into your own power, right? And I, I just remember asking uh, one of my friends at the time, it's like, "Hey, how do I do that? <laughs> right? Like, how, how do I like step into my power and step into um, you know this, this kind of like image of a person that I knew I wanted to be? And it just felt so far away, right? So you know, I would say that the pro- so that process for me to really get back into things it took me over a year and a half, right? And you know even that from that point forward of just you know I, I lost all my confidence as an entrepreneur right yeah. so I you know I went from you know essentially having two successful businesses to completely bombing on one uh, and trying to rebuild and and you know it was so it was just as much as a, a personal journey just you know as much as it was to actually building the business right so I would say that um, You know, that path has really allowed me to rediscover, you know, who I was and who I wanted to be and um, kind of just remembering, you know, what makes me uniquely me and what can I do and, you know, what are the ways that I can add value because I I start to forget, you know, it's like, hey, like I, I can be a valuable person. And so it was really, you know, I was, yeah, I really very much hit uh, a really, really low point in my life. And, you know, so it was building, it was building up from that point. So, yeah, it was, it took quite a bit of work in a few years.
0: I can only imagine. Talk to us, talk us through that process there of rediscovering yourself, of getting your courage and confidence back. How, you know, you, you said that you asked, you asked one of those entrepreneurs, how did you do it? How did you step into your power? Well, how did, how did you end up doing that?
1: So the answer that he <laughs> gave me was, uh, you know, I already, you know, I already think you are. Like, you already are, right? And, and that's the, and I never quite understood how powerful that was, right? Which is, we are always who we want to be. And it's just a matter of whether or not we want to choose and make that decision to start being that person, right? To you know, to start. You know, people look for you know happiness, look for purpose, look for all these things, but um, you know, they don't just come to you. You you can just start to find your way by being those things and going down a route and trying something, right? And it's just a matter of getting comfortable with failure again, right, and understanding that, hey, everything didn't have to be perfect, and I could try, and things don't have to work out, and it's okay, and actually reminding myself, right, and even, you know, now as I say this, it sounds like such a basic thing, but it's it's these small reminders that I think that we all need, uh, especially as entrepreneurs of, you know, you're never going to get it right the first time. And people always try to, you know, go up to bat and hit a home run, you know, right away, right? And if you think about the amount of people that go through their lives, and especially all the successful people in the world, how many of them found that success on their first try? So people are quite hard on themselves, right? So, you know, so for me, it was really just a process of um, understanding and uh, kind of coming to certain resolutions, right? And uh, rediscovering those lenses of how I want to, you know, look at myself, look at the world, look at circumstances and really take it from there, right?
0: Yeah, well, and take it from there you did. You've done incredible things since and I just, I loved that advice you just gave. I think it's so important that we recognize that we are, what we say we are right now so that yeah that was just that was amazing so let's go into a bit about your current work which literally blew me away when you know let's start with your involvement in 99 robots so obviously you're the Mm co-founder and the director of marketing here and when I was reading the stats on this it's phenomenal so I'll just give everyone a bit of an overview so You say on your LinkedIn that our clients spend anywhere from $1.5K to over six figures in advertising dollars per month. Our clients have increased their leads by at least 10% and reduced their cost per lead by at least 20% um, um, within the first two months of, of working with us. What is your secret? How did you go from you know, where you are, that low point rebuilding, and then generating a marketing strategy that literally has transformed massive businesses?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to uh, learning any, any type of skill, I think you have to really uh, hone in on Um, First off, like, what are you actually trying to learn and what are you actually trying to do? And, you know, it kind of goes back to those lever points of, you know, what's the one thing that we could really focus on, right? And um, honestly, with with ad, that was a lot of those results came from Google AdWords. So it's really understanding the nuances of the platform and understanding how the platform actually works, right? Because a lot of people inherently just don't... uh, I mean, first off, just don't understand the quote-unquote rules that are already set in place and understanding that everyone has to play by the same rules. So there's actually a finite amount of things that you can do to make anything uh, work, right? So um, you know, there's only so many ways to restructure an account, so many ways for you to you know change different bids, and it's essentially managing an auction. Uh, and then the other thing is really understanding... Uh, the psychology of a person, right? When they're looking for something, and when it comes to Google, it's you know very much. You know, I I ask this question to potential clients and clients all the time. Where it's, you know, when you have a problem, what's the first thing that you do, right? And then you know you have one group of people who are like, well. First, I um, you know do my research and do this, and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, when you have a problem, you Google it, right? Like, that's what you actually do. They're like, oh yeah, totally, <laughs> right? Uh, and you know, and just kind of understand that basic um, principle of, you know, hey, when people are looking for something, right, they go and find it. So you know, when what are they typing in to actually find it, right? And you start to realize that, um, hey, there's like this universe of. This research process that consumers take when you know they don't know about something, then they start very broad, like, okay, learn a little bit more, then the terms get very more specific, more specific, more specific, and then um, it's really just you know, setting those up. But uh, a lot of this was um, just a sheer fact that you have a lot of companies being taken advantage of, right? Um, like, we just went into, like, I remember one of the first accounts that we worked on, um, and that was... Yeah, we got pretty much like walked into a company because I spoke on a panel with a CMO of uh, a rather large company and she was joining another company and they need help with this. We opened up the account and I found, um, and I was actually working with someone at the time. So I pretty much hired someone to teach me how to do any of this stuff, right? So I kind of just sat side by side, just like you know, really seeing his approach on how he picked things apart. And understanding his thought process around it, right? So he was very much like my my mentor in getting me started in the space. Who, um, you know, who funny enough is actually a exter, right? And uh, yeah, and we found you know as soon as we opened it up, like wow, you guys are wasting five thousand dollars a month of your thirty thousand, you know, just blowing it, right? And then of the you know the rest of the twenty five thousand that they were spending, it's like hey, you guys are like do you guys even do these services like no like okay well you know so some of it was it's pretty basic um and but surprisingly like there's so many you know, like even right now we're looking at accounts that um like one on google they're spending 80,000 and on facebook they're spending 80,000 and you know they're just we're just like looking at it, it's like pure negligence right so there's a certain model that agencies have where you know they're just uh, trying to get people through the door and trying to make it work But if you really sit down and look at the holistic Approach of how does someone interact with a brand interact with the company and really dissect it then uh, You know then the results you know start to come fairly easily, so um, Yeah, so for all our clients like once they get a level of clarity of you know What do they want? What are their goals and they communicate those to us then yeah, you know, we we just get to work
0: so sure. How did you get started with 99 Robots? So after that time, it was quite difficult, yeah? Uh,
1: Yeah, so... so I... Well, it's actually funny because it was um, December of 20... I'll say 2015. Yeah, 2015, because it was um, the year I graduated, right? And um, so that year was like, I don't know, I was just doing random consulting and stuff, and... Um, they called, like, the. I got an email from my school and they said, Hey, we want to present you with the uh, inaugural Rutgers, um, you know, student entrepreneur award. Wow. And, you know, I just remember giving that speech that day and then going home looking at this you know, beautiful, like, glass award, right? And it's like, and I just felt like that. Um, you know this kind of like that high school kid that wears their varsity jacket to college right it's just it's like I'm like what am I even you know I'm like this is something that I've done in the past it's not even something that I'm doing now right and it was really just making the decision of you know screw this like next week I'm gonna get 99 robots going and um you know my yeah, one of my best friends who worked with me in a lot of these different ventures, he was trying to get something off the ground, and I was just like, "Let me work on that with you, right?" So, you know, I'll just do the sales. I just said, you know, let me just go and just message people, right, as many as I can, and uh, just really get on my own way, <laughs> right? And you know, we we generated our first, you know, and my goal was just like, I just want to get our first like thousand bucks. Mm-hmm through the door because we were at the time we had a model where we were selling things for ninety nine dollars a month so I had to get ten clients to do that um, and that's what we consider validation and we hit that in um, you know our first our first week where I was doing that right so I was like because I just refused to because I knew what the other side looked like right and I was quite frankly tired of this um, of not doing anything and being stuck right and. It, it just, I just kind of had this moment where I almost like woke up and snapped out of it, and was like, "I'm going to do this next week." And, you know, uh, two weeks later, I um, messaged one of my other mentors who I work with on the the co working space. I actually, started off as an intern, and it's like, "Hey, so I'm working on this idea right now, and yeah, you know, I wanted your feedback." It's like, "Oh, that's interesting," and um, so he actually started working on the same thing. She's like, hey, why don't we, you know, join forces and uh, get this going. So then, um, so then all of a sudden I just started getting so much more clarity and kind of getting back to what I've always known, which is, um, and one of my favorite quotes is by uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, which is, uh, when you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen, right? And, and that's what I did. Like I made a decision, all of a sudden like things start to fall into place, right? What are the odds that you know, all of a sudden, hey, I just have someone to work with. And, you know, they already had at that time um, seven different digital products. So then when, once we merged, we're like, wow, like we're all of a sudden this this new thing. Right. And it pretty much happened in the course of a month. So we just pretty much hit the hit the new year and you know hit the ground running.
0: Wow. I love that. I love two things out of that. The first one is when you said, "I just had to get out of my own way," and I think that's something that we all can identify with. I mean, me even personally, um, there've been many times where I, you know, people have said to me, "Of course you're going to be doing this," or "You know, why aren't you doing that? You'd be brilliant at that." And in my head, I just thought, "Oh well, you know, I'm, I'm just not good enough for." How do you what advice would you give to one of our peers listening listening who who you know has a really good idea and they've been procrastinating 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 and just just somewhat afraid and they're they're essentially standing in their own way to even
1: launch that what mm. would
0: you say to them
1: So I think the first thing to <clears throat> first thing to really understand is that our minds are so powerful and we completely create, you know, uh, this reality that quite frankly doesn't exist, right? And we're stuck, right? We're all the conversations we have are in our head. You know, we can't feel into our body. We can't feel anything around us. Um, but, you know, so when we think about, you know, the, the matrix, right? Like your mind, like people are just trapped, in their own minds because they're, they're stuck in the what ifs of, you know, if this happened, you know, what could happen? And they start to fabricate all these different realities that simply don't exist. Right. And I think that's the first thing is just the understanding that your current reality in the way that you perceive it today is your reality. Right. And people are living in very different realities. Right? The lens at which you have of how you look at the world is very different for how someone else looks at the world. Right? And if you're able to even listen to, to this, it means that you're, nine, you're part of the 1% already of the world. right? Because you have, you know, for whatever reason, opened up this podcast. You, you know, have it in you to want to maybe learn more about something. And maybe you're looking for inspiration, motivation, or whatever it is. So the fact that you already did that already puts you into a whole amazing bucket of people that took the first step. And you know, it's really just understanding that it's like, hey, don't think about this huge thing that you're trying to accomplish and just figure out what's the one little thing, the smallest thing where it's so easy to do, where it's almost impossible to fail. Right. And, you know, I'll give you a, you know, so if we took an example of, I don't know, maybe we want to start like a water bottle company or whatever it is. Right. Um, you know, what's the first thing that you actually have to do? It's like, well, first off, you maybe have to come up with a design. OK, great. So let's let's do that. So then then what's the next thing? Right. And it's even you know, just like stop planning. Right. Because the best thing about plans is that often they don't work. I've never met an entrepreneur who had a business plan where it's just like, yeah, so I wrote a three-year business plan on this venture, and everything went exactly the way that I thought it was going to, right? Like, you literally should be spending no more than maybe in, you know, half an hour to an hour writing down your basic assumptions and realizing that they're just assumptions. They're guesses, right? And they're... You know, your best guesses, your hopefully the educated guesses based on some level of research, but you don't know if anything's true until you actually go out there and start getting some feedback from it, right? So getting that high uh, iterative feedback loop of just, hey, have a conversation with someone, see what they say. Okay, great, so that's not, so this part's valuable, but it's not. Okay, next person, is that the same thing? Okay, well, who is that person compared to this person? Oh, they're very similar, wow. Okay, so they're both, um, I don't know, both, like, people that really like climbing, okay? So now I'm going to only talk to people that like climbing. Okay, so now what's the you know, what's wrong with all the water balls that you have, okay? And just, like, listening to all their problems, and people will tell you, right? So it's just really taking a step forward in any direction. But the other thing that uh, I see a lot of entrepreneurs do is that they're so ridiculously hard on themselves, right? And you need to... Um, yeah, so entrepreneurship requires quite a bit of self-love, right? where you can't be shaming yourself for everything that you didn't do and just focus on everything that you have done and everything that you will continue to do instead of, oh wow, like we're not this far, I'm not this far yet, I, by this time I thought I was gonna be here. It's like, but you're not, right? And no amount of conversation or thinking or anything is gonna change your current reality of where you are today right you're not going to change any past circumstances right anything that's happened to you has already happened right and the only thing that you can change is whatever comes next so at that point then you know think about what that could be because the only, you know the only reason why you should ever be reflecting on you know the past is so that you can think you, know, you can extract what you have to learn from it so you can take the next step better Right? And if, if the only reason why you're reflecting on the past is because you're just saying, oh, wow, I thought I could be here. These are just things that you can't control. Then you're just wasting your time. And quite frankly, you're just wasting everyone else's time. Right? And I'm a huge believer that as a capable and able person on this planet, right, like with a person that received an education, with a person that has the means to be able to even listen to a podcast, right? like what's the difference between that person and someone that was, um, you know, born into the slums, right? And they're like, oh well, I worked really hard. It's like no, right? It's absolute. It's like it's like no, right? You got lucky that you were born into the circumstances that you were, and that person was born into the circumstances that, that they were. So what's the difference? Pure luck. And if you're gonna, you know, and I don't wanna take away any uh, credit that's where it's due, right? Because people work super hard for it, but some people never get that opportunity to even flip a page on a book, right? So if you're a person that's able and capable and you're born into whatever circumstances that you have, then you have a moral and ethical obligation to be able to do anything that you possibly can in greater service to, you know, A yourself, Right and be the world, right and in that order, right? Because you know I'm really tired of hearing all these um, things of just like, oh yeah, work super hard and you know just in service of others, and then you know, then eventually everything will be okay. Because people just leave themselves behind, right? Because the worst thing that you can do is put yourself in a position where you're supporting ten people, or maybe you have a company that's impacting a uh, hundred thousand or a million people. And then all of a sudden, you get sick, or you, you know, something happens because you're just not being taken care of, right? So then you just leave all those people in a significantly worse position. And that's that's most selfish thing that any entrepreneur can actually do, is not take care of themselves, right? And be stuck in, you know, in that grind and in that hustle. Because who can you actually help if you're not able to help yourself? Right? And, and that's the biggest, um, you know, if there's anything that I want to let anybody in this world know, it's just like, you have to do something just because you can, because you have the capacity to serve and you have the capacity to actually be able to do something. And that's what makes all the difference in this world between you and someone else, because that other person on the other side of the people that you can serve, like they're waiting for you to actually show up and do something to do that one step. And it takes a lot of courage, yes, right? But, hey, if you have the awareness where you know the difference between fear and you know, you know and you have the awareness of, hey, the way I can start a company is doing these things, it's like, shit, you're, you're already uh, a million steps ahead of the game.
0: Wow. That was so powerful, Zon. I, thank you so much for that. That blew me away. Wow. Wow. So I think that's just a perfect, almost closing to our incredible conversation today. I just want to... Uh, before I give you my second last question, I just want to acknowledge your journey and your you know failures and successes because they've clearly made you into the incredible human you are today and you know you, you are inspiring so many people it is phenomenal through your work and through just you as a person so i really really want to thank you for that and congratulate congratulate (laughs) you it's amazing to see so my second last question for you today would be what um how does it feel like to be a young entrepreneur who's on their own time who's creating phenomenal things in the world and who's just you know essentially doing what they're passionate about what does that feel like for you
1: i think that it took me a really long time to get comfortable with even knowing what that is and finding comfort in knowing that if you don't know what you're passionate about today just do something so that you know and build the skills right just figure out what you're really good at and just start getting really, really good at something. Right. So that one day when, you know, that thing comes, then you're in a position to actually do something about it. Right. Whether it's having the money to do it, having the skills to do it, having the relationships to do it. Right. Cause you know, I went plenty of, you know, in those years, even though I wasn't necessarily channeling my energy towards one thing, I still dabbled. Right. I still try to do a lot of things. And, um, experimented with a lot of different things. So I think that, you know, now, it feel, now it's, I'm really in a position where I feel, you know, where I have just a lot more clarity in what I want and why I'm working on the things I'm working on and the sequence of, okay, well, if this is eventually where I want to be, then these are the things that I can start to plant the seeds in and start to place my bets and, you know, be in a position where I can invest in the types of relationships that I want Um, it gives me the opportunity to, um, you know, grow into the type of person that I want. Um, and just really the, the vision that I have, you know, had for myself, right. And, uh, like you said, just being able to live a life with the purpose of saying, Hey, you know, I am no different than any other person on this planet. If anything, um, you know, I'm, I'm super ordinary, just how every single person started off as a, you know, very extraordinary person, right? <laughs> and, and knowing that, you know, if I could live my life of saying, hey, if I can do it, so can you, right? And why I'm why I'm so vocal about saying, hey, like, I'm not here to be put on a pedestal, right? And no entrepreneur really should be, right? Because any entrepreneur that's made it, and has found any level of success, knows what that journey is like, and knows that they didn't do it by themselves, right? And realizing that, hey, if, if everyone on the planet had the capacity to discover their own potential, and understanding the fact that, like, if I'm special, then so is every, you know, what is it, like seven billion, eight billion people on the planet now, then there's literally seven to eight billion gifts on the planet that are waiting to be unlocked. Hey, and And just knowing that we can be on the path to work towards a world where that is possible hey, hey, I think that is where I just find you know the greatest sense of purpose
0: wow amazing that's I can definitely identify, and that is so amazing there so that brings brings us to our last question um before I go into it, I just want to say how incredibly insightful and thought-provoking this conversation has been for me and I'm sure for many others listening. So thank you so much. So the, the way we finish all of our interviews here at the peers project is with the question that is, what do you think is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about?
1: So I'll preface out by saying um, with kind of pointing to what I said before of, um, you know, don't waste time looking for what you're passionate about and pursue something, right? And as long as it's something that's in service of someone else and adding value to someone else, it's worth pursuing. Um, And, you know, the worst thing you could do is be idle. Uh, But when you find that thing, then to be able to truly revel in it and to live it and to really feel it, and to remember what it's like to not have that sense of purpose, right? And to really uh, see that duality of where you came from and where you are now, and really getting a clear picture of who is the person that you know, we are here to serve, right? And if you can create from that space of true service and layer on the fact that every single person on this planet just really needs uh, you know, love and compassion and kindness. Then, you know, then you start to channel all that with, you know, packaged up with your purpose and passion, and you can quite frankly make a significant difference in the world, right? And you know, then the thing is, is um, you. When it comes to even you know what I what I just said around changing the world, right? It's like it's so much more. You never know the impact that you will actually have, right? Because you don't know how those ripples um, actually come back to you, and you don't know how helping that one person today, where they're going to be, right? Like I remember giving this talk a few years ago, um, and there was five people in the audience, right? And I was like, oh man, like, there's, there's no one here, right? And, and then if just a couple, um, probably like a couple months ago, right, um, the person, one of the guys reached out to me, and he's just like, Zion, I was in the audience that day, right, for that talk, that I was just like, wow, right, and, and I didn't even think that I did a good job. <laughs> and he's just like, I just want to let you know that I was super inspired by what you did, and that really gave me what I needed to get going. And... Um, and you know, and he just got um, submitted on one of the Forbes 30 Under 30 lists. Wow! Right? So, Jeez. so you never, you know, you never really wow. know, right? The impact that you can actually have on people. So it's realizing that um, it's a thankless job, but you know, to know that as long as you are, you know, in service, then it'll all come back to you somehow. You know, if if that's what you are, are in it for, but. Um, everything comes back, right? Good and bad.
0: Wow, that is just a phenomenal end to our conversation today, um, Dan. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this and for everyone who is listening to this now. So where can people learn more about you and
1: your work? Sure. So I keep saying that I'm going to put up a blog, which hasn't happened yet. So uh, honestly, just my uh, adding me on Facebook or following what I'm doing on Facebook, it's probably the thing that gets updated the most. So um, yeah, I I go pretty deep into where I'm at with things and how I'm feeling about things and just like through my writing. So uh, that's probably the best place for sure. Perfect.
0: Well, thank you so much. And for everybody listening, we will end with that. that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify or any app where podcasts are played and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here to see what else we're up to visit the or follow us on instagram at the we'll have fresh real talk for you next week peers until then if you need
1: inspiration look amongst your peers